Uh-oh. Oh, there we are. Yeah. So, we're uh, back. Yeah. No, we're back. Something weird with your microphone. It always sounds weird, like, when you say the first few words, and then it, it gets more normal after that. Uh, we'll run the uh, correct settings. Yeah, it's just it's just kind of one of those things. It's just it's awkward at first, and then it starts to feel more natural. Yeah. Well, you you blacked out there for a second, and then and then you're back to normal. Yeah, I've unfortunately had to use that excuse a few times recently. But <laughs> you're showing me your yearbook <laughs> photos for some reason here on Skype. It's very it's very unnerving, man. To be hey, honest with you. Hey, we've kind of touched on this before, but I I think this would be a really fun exercise for the show. So, what show is this, by the way? Yes, so this is episode 112 of the new and improved Tell Me Where to Turn, where we take listener <laughs> feedback seriously. Very, very seriously. I kind of picture like our show having like some kind of official seal or logo, and then the little tag underneath is always striving to improve or always striving for excellence or yeah. never satisfied unless we're Planning improving. to plan. Yeah. yeah. Aiming to please. Yes. And that's what we're doing. Now we have, before we get into that, I want to kick off that uh, this is intended to be the three-year anniversary show. However, <laughs> one-third of the podcast could not make it, so we're going to push that back to next week. But um, that will allow everyone that wants to, that wants to send emails, whether it's questions, comments, how or why you started listening to the podcast, favorite episode, things like that. It'll give people another week to uh, send that stuff to us if they would want to do so. Or maybe start listening this week and then they could share yeah. share next week why they started listening. Yeah, or why they stopped. Yeah, that's what we really need to do is do the exit. We have to have an exit interview podcast. Just say, what was it? Exactly what point was it where you decided this was this was just too much? You just too big of a commitment. This is a good idea. I feel like the I, exit interview. I feel like um, our little exercise this week has been somewhat cathartic as we're trying to trying to kind of refocus this thing for. I guess we we can now technically say we're into year four, right? Which is crazy to say. I like to say that we're we're starting to rebrand, rebuild, and reclaim. That's what I. That's what I came up with since our last recording. But I think our our focus for year four could be summed into two main points. One is we're only going to talk about wrestling very little bit, <laughs> no more than 5% of the show, and we're not going to review any more TV shows that nobody else is watching except us. No. <laughs> kind of like... Unless they come out with Waco 2. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Dwayne Carraway's not giving out any more keys to the city. We're we're not reviewing any more TV shows. I don't think at all. <laughs> I think we're yeah we're pretty much uh, we're pretty much done with TV. But what I was gonna what I was gonna say before that is so, so there you're obviously you you're an NBA fan so you're on this Russell Westbrook story I'm sure. Oh for sure yeah. I want to do, and, and you got to promise you won't alter anything, but what I want to do is I want to go back through your social media history as if I'm investigating you. This is going to be my assignment for maybe, uh, maybe this could be a good anniversary bit. And I'm going to confront you with social media <laughs> past as they're doing to this okay. guy. Okay. So was I, that, I by the way, I was that pretty safe? I've been kind of uh, in and out of being really plugged in today. So was that original screen caps of his timeline legit or did somebody 
doctor I, that. Yeah, I never got confirmation. I, I did see a screenshot um, of a fake Twitter account with his name and that same profile picture, but it it had far fewer followers and followees. So it was clearly fake, but the other one, uh, I'm not sure. Because, uh, yeah, if um, if those tweets were real, tough, oh, tough, yeah. tough thing there, pal. So Probably not like getting invited those, back. Yeah, I, I feel like, oh, for, for one, the, the Jazz have already banned him from all future. He's banned for life from coming to their games. And that wasn't based on tweets. It was based on, of course, in this day and age, there are cameras everywhere. So they have other witness and video footage of his his actions and what he had said to Westbrook. Whether it was just the thing about when he said, get on your knees, whether that was a misunderstanding or not. That wasn't the only thing that he said to him. Did so I, did it was, I call it was him, enough they said, you don't come back. Did I call him Westbrooks earlier, or did I say Westbrook? I okay, because so. there is a, a weird tie-in there that we won't play out any further <laughs> that involves extreme distance running. But I didn't know if <laughs> yeah. I'd subconsciously done that. No, we don't. I don't, I don't think you did. So, I don't think you did. So when I go to sporting events, I'm I'm well known in the in the sporting community for my exemplary behavior. But you, on occasion, have had instances where things have gotten a little bit out of hand. A little bit out of hand, I would say. <laughs> Only out of hand if it's at a place where you like gamble and stuff. I don't think I've ever been out of hand at a sporting event. But you've you've never you've never gone a little over the line with your comments or things you've said. Um no. Hold on, I'm I'm trying to think. Now I've been thrown out of basketball games before that was playing in in high school and then in uh in rec leagues as an adult. Was- I think I got thrown out of a high school summer league game. Not a not like a district game or anything like that. It was summer league, and it was basically just a, a guy on my team. There was a call. He was upset about it, and I was just uh, passive aggressively going after the ref by assuring my teammate, "Don't worry about that, man. Man, that referee misses every call. It's not just yours." And he he not only teed me up on the first one, he threw me out. That, that okay. Well, that guy's being a little too sensitive. Then he he may be like yeah. the West, Russell Westbrook of uh, of referees. <laughs> I don't know. I was like fifteen too. You know, I mean, like I mean, you didn't cuss or anything. You pro- just you just said, "Hey, that guy misses a lot of calls, and that's enough yeah. to get you teed up." I mean, my voice had changed by that point. I mean, there's no way he should have thrown me out. I've uh, I've not obviously not been thrown out of any sporting events, but I did have. Um, I did accompany a guy that went so far over the line one time. And again, this was more fan-to-fan type interaction. But this gentleman that I was with was a season ticket holder and well-known enough because of his frequent attendance at the game that he pretty much got away with something I think would have gotten anybody else thrown out of the stadium. But I think what it kind of made clear to me is that in that close-in season ticket culture that I think they are afforded a lot more leeway than probably the normal fan would get as far as what they're what they're allowed to say and get away with. It's kind of dangerous. Right. So I think you kind of get that inflated sense of, 
I'm going to live forever. And then next yeah. thing, next thing, you know, a, uh, a large black man's uh, threatening to yeah. kill you and your wife. <laughs> yeah. Next thing you know, you're on you're getting screenshotted on Twitter now. Uh, so this guy that you knew that was a season ticket holder, is this, is this the guy that punched out someone else? Yeah. Uh, this, so this guy actually, well, ironically enough was, later uh arrested and charged with a misdemeanor i don't know it actually it might have been a felony i think he was found i think he worked it out to where it didn't go on his record but this was in a different incident but ironically enough while he was still technically (laughs) pending trial on an assault at said venue that maybe plays a great game of baseball about 81 times a year is it ever good if you're pending trial? No. Is that ever a positive? That's yeah. not a resume bullet point. So I, I certainly don't want to get this guy in trouble because despite his actions, we we remain good friends. But yeah, he got into it with an opposing fan um, at a fairly important game in the uh, history of the Texas Rangers. They might have been playing the San Francisco Giants, if that gives you any clue. I know, yeah. Uh, and this gentleman in the Giants uniform was uh, met with a oh, five knuckle. No. <laughs> Welcome oh, to no. Texas. Now, I I think I know some about this acquaintance of yours, but just kind of a yes or no question: Does he work in the capacity that he could have represented himself? Yes. In this trial. Okay. Yes. Now, and I remember this story. Now, you you mentioned Rangers World Series, and as I think about me getting out of hand at a sporting event. I did verbally challenge an entire row of St. Louis Cardinals See, fans at now, Game Six of the World Series. Now you're loosening up a little bit. Yeah, that was not a uh, that was not really a shining moment for me. It seemed okay at the time after Josh Hamilton had uh, put the two run homer into center field in the tenth inning. After this row of fans had had mocked. Uh, well, it was me and the wife, and it was like five or six other Ranger fans sitting kind of in the section over. And the big comeback in the ninth inning, they were they had a few things to say. Yeah. And my wife was pretty vocal during the game, so they were kind of mocking her. So, you know, my ten- level of, of tenseness was building with the game and with this other uh, – development so when hamilton launched that home run center field i ran down about eight rows and had some things that i wouldn't repeat right now that i said to these gentlemen and then i kind of walked back up and my wife was looking at me like what did you just do and i was kind of like i don't know i was just mad i got caught up in the moment and i'll never forget there was this guy who was so that was almost 10 years ago. So I was early 30s. And this guy couldn't have been older than maybe 23 or 24 that was sitting next to us. And he just kind of goes, I don't know, man. Does this mean we have to kick their ass now or something <laughs> like that? And by then, like all the, you know, whatever that is, adrenaline, you know, that makes you do something stupid like that. Or like when I threatened to climb the fence at the dirt track. Yeah, I think it's called T. Yeah. T-level. Like. I don't know if it's with everybody, with, but with me, like something like that happens. And then once the moment passes, I go from like a hundred, like immediately all the way back down to zero. Cause by the time I got back there, I was just like, so when you, when you enter the refractory period, you're not interested in anything anymore at that point. <laughs> no, I am. Your interest level has gone completely to zero at that point. Yes. Yeah, maybe nachos. That's the only thing I'm 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 thinking about at that point. But after that game was over, 
we we talked it out and we uh we discussed with the Cardinals fans and we left on very good terms. <laughs> of course they had just won, so of course they were very amenable to being like it's no big deal, man, don't worry about it. You just blew away something you'll never never see in your life. So do you think if if the um outcome would have held in favor of the Rangers that you might have ended up having to fight your fight your way out that night? It would have been fine because like I think I mentioned we're not doing an anniversary show, but we've talked about this incident before, probably within the first like 10 episodes. And I, I told the wife when it appeared the Rangers were going to win, I, I told her we, for one, we're not going to sleep this entire night because there are plenty of Rangers fans in this city and we are going to burn this city to the <laughs> ground. I would have been ready to fight or do whatever if the Rangers had won the World Series especially being there in person. Oh yeah. No, I mean, I remember, well, it's well documented what I was going through, but yeah, <laughs> had other things not been happening at that time. I, I was in the same state of mind. I, I, nothing like I didn't care about anything at that point. Yeah. You were <laughs> burning down the septic system of the greater <laughs> Las Vegas area. Oh man. So, um, I got a couple of, couple of quick hits. I kind of wish Dave was around for this first one, but I found this really humorous. We've talked, we talk a lot about working out on the show. Everybody's got opinions. Dave, big workout guy. You're a big workout guy. I'm a, uh, I'm a workout guy when it suits my schedule. I don't okay. get up on vacation to work out, but something I've always really believed in is, is when I'm working out, I'm there to work out. I'm committed to working out, but when I'm not working out, I don't want to work. I don't want to get any more exercise. Right. So I take a golf cart when I golf. I don't walk for the exercise. If I'm parking my car in a parking garage and I'm three floors up, well, I'm going to take the elevator down three floors because I'm not taking the stairs because I don't want to get any unplanned exercise. Okay. So do you support me on this view? Or are you somebody that's like, oh, hey, I'll get in a, get in a little extra cardio here. I'll take the stairs. <laughs> I think only if it's reasonable. Like if I'm if I'm parked on level two of a parking garage and I'm gonna have to stand and wait for the elevator, I'll run down the stairs. If I'm on like level nine, going down or up, no, nah, we'll down the elevator. I'm not like CrossFit guy here, so we're we're you just practice some common sense. Right. And my common sense is that I exercise at the gym and when I'm not at the gym, I don't exercise. So there's a, uh, a parking garage at work and there's a little um, sky bridge you walk across uh, to get to the to get to the main building. And, and it's one flight of stairs down and they have an elevator there that's very quick. It's always ready to go when you push the button. And um, I take the stairs up and down every day. I don't I don't I don't. Uh, descend or ascend the one flight of stairs. That's not how I roll. Okay. So uh, this is what happened to me uh, end of last week. And I, I refrained from texting this to you guys. So I wanted to get your reaction on the show. <laughs> so you know how some people are like just unnecessarily edgy or jumpy. Um, it's the morning. <laughs> so again, you know, it's like morning, morning rush hour. Everybody's going the same direction. Well, there's a, there's a lady um, coming up the elevator which i've never seen before because everybody's going down and then the elevator comes up empty and more people go down so when the doors open i'm standing there to get on and when the doors open she just looks at me and screams like out of us out of being startled and I, it was like loud and i don't i have no idea why because why wouldn't huh. i be going down the elevator it doesn't make any sense 
Was she standing like right next to the door? Yeah, she was standing right back? next to the door. And that's even more odd. Yeah. So it was just it was just kind of one of the strange things that I filed it away and didn't really think about it. Well, I go through my day, I'm going to leave. Uh, I'm not again, I'm taking the elevator back up. I get in the elevator, the doors start to close, and then I see a hand kind of come through the door, different lady. But she didn't realize I was in the elevator. Well, she steps in the elevator and then turns around and realizes I was there and like double screams what the lady in the morning did. <laughs> And again, I'm like, I'm not that imposing. I mean, if it was you standing there with those lats popping out oh, and wearing the Drew McIntyre, you know, <laughs> full just doing le- the leather, doing the Bobby Lashley pose, leather trench coat. You know, that's one thing. Well, but this lady, after the scream, let out what I feel like one of the most insulting things ever. She said, I'm very sorry, but I've never I wasn't expecting you to be there. I've never seen a man take the elevator before. <laughs> What? That doesn't no, that's not insulting because that doesn't make any sense. No, so I think what she was implying is that the it's one flight of stairs that she's never seen a man just hanging out in the elevator waiting to let it run up. And I, I felt like that's pretty insulting to my masculinity here. One that I've clearly so masculine that I terrified her that she feared for her life and then decided the insult was to say, Well, I've never seen a man take the elevator before. Did you did you hand her a business card and be like, they may take the stairs, but I've obviously taken the ladder to the top. <laughs> yeah, Just go make pointed out a couple of specific start. letters on that business card, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to write this number on the back of this card. <laughs> this is a figure you'll never see, lady. Now get off my elevator. <laughs> yeah, but I was, it was just kind of a kind of unfortunate way to shake up my day. And, and wow. then, uh, and then something else happened at work that um, I don't know that anybody that listens to the podcast is going to be able to handle real well, but um, we occasionally have fun with people's names on here, and we we try to try to protect those as best we can. Oh, okay, I got you. But uh, in this case, I'm going to have to actually give you somebody's real name because it is their real name. I work with somebody with the last name Hummer. So okay, I'm assuming her, that uh, as a avid reader of Urban Dictionary, you have some frame of reference for why somebody with my intellect level and sense of humor might find that a little bit of a false start from time to time. A lot of us think all-terrain vehicles are pretty funny. Yeah, they so we I, really. Do. I get it. So I've got another member of my team that. Um, doesn't speak English as their first language. They speak uh, it, but, but not as their first. Now, to give a little bit more context, um, this person would not be concerned about the wall at all. So that's that's we're not talking about that. Okay. Now, if we ever wanted to say, perhaps go visit, revisit like the beaches of Normandy, they may have a problem then. Okay. They may have not been on the right um, side of that conflict. Oh, dear. Yes. Okay. So, anyways, all due respect, very nice person. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But he's only been speaking English, I think they said, for about 10 years, and very well-versed in it, speaks with a thick accent, but maybe lacks some of the context that maybe an avid reader of Urban Dictionary would have. So this person with the last name Hummer also has a first name. We're not going to... We're not going to use the first name here because then people would probably find him on social media and they might have made some racist tweets in the past. I mean, who knows? You know, we just, we don't want to go there. 
We'll say the person's name was Glenn. Glenn Hummer. Okay. Fair enough. So occasionally when you're an offensive personality, they may change your name into a verb. So if Glenn, if your job was to just go around and be rude to people at the office and you did this so habitually, people might say, man, I got Glenned today. I was just minding my business and I got Glenned. You see where this is going? Yeah. Well, somebody in the meeting said, again, Glenn being the abrasive personality said, I got Glenned today. You know, this is a really tough thing. Well, then the person who doesn't have English as a first language said, oh, no, you got hummered. And everybody kind of awkwardly laughed, and then she continued on. In fact, I think a lot of us got hummered today. Wow. <laughs> oh. And now, as a manager, I want to ask you a very important question. Because this person has subsequently said this three other occasions. Do I need to pull them aside into the conference room and be like, Do you, I want you to, this is, this I want is you to type this into your web browser. Yes, this is a woman. No, I don't think you need to do it. Would this be like maybe when you need to do like a breast examination at a hospital and you would say like, we need the female doctor to come in here? Oh, okay. I thought this was... Man, this is really going in a weird direction there for a second. Get a little perverse. This is, this is when you bring in the fake doctor who pretends <laughs> that he's wearing the, bo- getting... the box on his head that says free mammograms. Starts, starts giving starts giving the examinations. No, okay, so this comes up and people are audibly laughing or it's kind of everybody behind the scenes is laughing like does this does You're, Nazi know that, <laughs> that 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 they're being laughed at here's my read on the room there are seven people in the room we had the uh naturally athletic guy that we've talked about before the that's shumperting everyone in the locker room oh he for sure knew like he kind of had the uh Alonzo morning reaction of just kind of just shaking his head silently. The Alonzo morning gif. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had the Alonzo morning gif. It, two of the other girls' faces got just bright red. And then I think probably legitimately two or three others had no idea. So I think it was about 50-50. I'm more interested in the two or three that had no idea. And what's their age group? Is it north of 50? Yeah, yeah. I think this okay. is def- there's definitely, I, I think there's an English factor in this, but I also think there's an age factor in this. <laughs> Yeah, because if there's like a there's like a thirty one year old that's just like I don't know what you guys are talking about. That's yeah, that's somebody you need to just steer clear. That's somebody you can't trust. Is it is there any doubt that our Division One athlete knew exactly what we were talking about? In oh, fact, he probably knows yeah. more about it than anybody in the room. He was probably yes. You're exactly <laughs> right. Today, like since I've been here, <laughs> it's just a regular Thursday afternoon. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's called nine thirty. But but. In all, Bethany. <laughs> in all seriousness, do I need to do I need to enlist the help of a some female in leadership? And then also, how do I have that conversation and say, "Look, okay, well, let's start at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> you need to tell said person to just stop going around saying this." Uh, see, but the the it doesn't seem like that the the foreigner really knows that she's being laughed at. Well, no, because, I mean, again, 
in the spirit of professionalism, nobody nobody was laughing about it, and and people right. are are handling it well enough. It's not like we're all getting together like high fiving after the meeting, but it's clear that there's going to come a time when this is going to be said in an environment where she probably is going to get called down on it, and then it's going to come back to me of like, why didn't you? tell me to stop saying this because you've, you, you were there, you knew, and now you've caused this great embarrassment to me. See, I, I don't think you need to do it because then you don't know how far this is going to go as far as naivety is concerned. Like you're going to start explaining <laughs> this and they're going to be like, I don't really follow. And, and then, then you're, you're going to have to explain it. <laughs> then there's going to be like a chart that you're pointing at. And then I'll be like, look, we're just going to have to find a video. It's just going to be easier that way. No, I think that you think you bring up a good point. It won't take long. (laughs) So what you need to do is you need to find if if you have, I would say more than one. I would say approach a group of two or more females that you have any connection or trust with in the office and say, hey, (laughs) ever heard of a Hummer? I know you guys have been laughing at Olga or whatever her name is. one of y'all needs to go and explain why everybody is laughing when she says that and just leave it at that <laughs> hope because you can't put it on one. Cause if one is like, it's too awkward, but if you, I think if you have two or three that you kind of get them all, then maybe together they can sit down with that person and say, Hey, it's no big deal. But the reason when you, <laughs> when you say that, that Brenda turns red and hides her face is because of this. And I think it's much easier for a fellow female to explain that <laughs> to her in her, <laughs> in, not, not in her native tongue, obviously, but um, to explain that to her as opposed to you <laughs> pull, <laughs> pulling down like the, the screen and, you know, turn it on the projector. It'd be like, this is when somebody loves somebody else. <laughs> Very much. I feel like your solution. I feel do. like your solution's full of holes too, because all it takes is somebody is somebody to go to HR with that, and then like the headline reads, you know, new manager forces employee to explain Force. deviant no. sex act to other employee. Because I've now it's basically given her a direct order to go explain what a act of sexual deviance is to another employee. Like that, how that, how is that any better? That's where the the level of of connection and trust comes in. It's not just somebody randomly that you're like, hey, it's nice to meet you. Will you go explain to her what this means? It's got to be somebody you know is not going to yeah, pull that. On somebody you. I've been somebody I've been grooming for for this for this moment. Yeah, they've been. Uh, yeah, you've you've groomed them. You've gained the trust of their parents, and now they're sleeping in the same room with you. I think this is all terrible advice. Like my my. I've thought this through to so many degrees and my plan is I'm never going to do anything. And then if it ever comes back to me, I'm going to be like, wait a minute, what? I've never heard of that. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just, my advice comes from the only, I, I didn't have the same experience, but the closest thing I can think of was an employee that there were several complaints on uh, her hygiene and uh, maybe she liked to uh, expel gas audibly at her desk. And there were complaints from other employees. And if it was a dude, I would have had no problem calling him in and being like, what's your problem? But it was, I mean, this was like 
someone who's maybe 23, 24 years old, you know, like way too young to have Crohn's disease. Right. Um, so I just didn't really, uh, I was trying to steer clear of it. So I I found a a female manager that reported to me and just delegated it to her (laughs) and she met with her and, uh, problem solved. There you go. I I shut the door and (laughs) kept collecting paychecks. You know, when I was when I was very young in my career, less than a year out of college, I had to explain to a creative director what a, a landing strip was. Oh god! Yeah. So so tell me how offensive this is. So we, I, I don't even care. It's the statute of limitations is way up on this. But the, I was working in advertising, and our one of our clients was Wingstop. The greatness of Wingstop. And they, of course, you know, they go with the plain motif and all of their advertising. So he had found these. I, I, there's a there's a specific name for it that I don't know, but it's it's the artwork that they would paint on old like World War II era planes that were like the pinup girls and things like that. I think there's actually a name okay. for that genre of art, but you know what I'm talking about, right? That they would paint the sexy cartoon girl on the plane. One Gustav knows exactly what we're talking so about. So he's just pounding he probably, the dash right now. <laughs> yeah, because there's and a he name for has it. Some kind of a gif or something that he could immediately bring up and and send our way. But I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I just don't know what that that genre of art or whatever marketing is. So this guy was going, so, so I'm again, lowest man on the totem pole. I'm barely making minimum wage. This guy's the creative director of the ad agency. He's in his fifties. He's taking big printouts of print ad concepts to show the client. And they all have these little girls. Well, like pinup girls, cartoons on the plane. Well, there's one that says that's the the girl standing there on the plane, and she's kind of got her her legs, you know, spread apart seductively. And the headline says, "No, hey. nah, she's standing all, that's your up." First red flag, but it's oh, she's okay. in a seductive pose, you know, kind of whatever. I'm I'm not doing it. Uh, are you getting Are you getting turned on a little? Just a little bit. <laughs> I'm still in the refractory period. <laughs> So I have no interest in anything. It says, so has the Wingstop logo in the background. You've got the plane, you've got the sexy pinup girl, and it says, turn your tongue into a landing strip. Oh. <laughs> and I kind of pulled him aside as he's walking out the door, and I was like, boss, um, you don't want to show this one. <laughs> well, why not? I thought that was a pretty clever line. It ties in the taste buds and the and the planes, and I'm like, do you know? <laughs> and I just told him, and he was like, oh my, no, I didn't know that. Threw it in the trash. Oh dear. Yeah. Well, for one, the the best thing that came of it, it just gave us the title for this episode. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, that's pretty failed. Uh, that's, wow, that is, uh, that's, uh, that's my boss right there. Oh, <laughs> Wow. Is this a new feature of the show? What was that? What just happened here? I don't know. If if Lacey Evans is not interrupting every episode of Raw and SmackDown, she's she's in our podcast now. No, so this is the uh this is the time when we stop down for a uh a quick jaunt through wrestling talk promised to be under what? Two, three minutes tops. Uh, well, yeah, it's like Friday night live. Yeah. It's five minutes, <laughs> minutes. of. We so had every intention we, of keeping it short. Um, 
should we talk about me going to yeah. WWE Fastlane? Yeah, so when did you when did you catch your flight out to Cleveland? Oh man. It did not happen. I did I did not go. Very disappointed. It looked like a it looked like a it would have been a fun atmosphere to be a part of, I must say. Yeah, I I actually priced it out. Now I probably should have start started looking more than two days in advance. Oh yeah, when the plane tickets aren't nine hundred dollars. Yeah, actually you could get round trip on Southwest for like four hundred and eighty. That's still is, a lot for a, a yeah. Cleveland flight, I would say. Oh, for sure. But it was I mean, I was looking on Friday night for a Sunday trip, which I was because my family was headed out of town sometime on Sunday, I knew anyway. So oh boy. It's it's kind of a what's the difference from that perspective? They're gonna be gone anyway. But um the the flight the only flight that wasn't booked, I just looked on Southwest, it didn't land until like a quarter till six. And the event started at six o'clock, you know, their time. So Time-wise, it didn't make sense. Otherwise, it was 480 to fly back and forth. Thinking I could have gotten a ticket for 100, yeah, 125. I think so. So that puts us at let's just say 600 bucks. I'm just gonna Uber from the airport to arena and arena back to airport. That's not too expensive. And then it's just beer and nachos while I'm there. I would flying back. I would have had to probably come back and spend the night at the airport. And just like sleep in a chair and then fly back on Monday morning. And I'd been out, you know, uh, you know, uh, maybe $700 to go. Yeah. Which would have been a tremendous bit. Like that's legendary I mean, bit. No, I mean, that, the, the commitment level of you just up and deciding two days before, like I'm keeping the streak alive. I told was, you that would have submitted you in the Hall of Fame. Not that you're not already headed that direction, but for yeah. me, I mean, that that puts it over the top. Without it question. was, it was considered, and uh, it just couldn't. The logistics wouldn't work out. Yeah, if it had worked out, like if I had found a noon one o'clock flight on Sunday that gets me there at three o'clock. I don't know how long it takes to fly to Cleveland, but it worked out where I could Uber to the arena, have plenty of time, see the event, and get back. I wouldn't have told any of you. I would have gotten there, and like right before the beginning, knowing that you're watching it you would have gotten a picture from the viewpoint of my seat. <laughs> you would have all sitting in the space. Yeah, and then, yes, exactly. The roof would have blown off the house. There's no question. But uh, without, we're not, not breaking down the... Yeah, we're not going match by match. We, no, 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 no. Well, we have to talk. For, first, the pay-per-view, this was essentially deemed usually kind of the more the most spare oh, pay-per-view yeah, for sure. right before WrestleMania but I think filler, it was pretty yeah. solid but the, but they did a lot to well first of all the the it was great atmosphere crowds into it and yeah they they actually figured out a way to advance storylines and and keep our interest um hated to see Shane turn on the Miz but I also love it cuz it'll be hilarious for WrestleMania yeah but I hope that one day that that's what happens in our relationship is that your dad is standing there while I'm just choking you out right in front of him and he's just helpless to watch. <laughs> Those are the things I fantasize about at night. But What a weird, <laughs> weird scenario. When Shane um, ripped the uh, Cleveland t-shirt off of The Miz, the, like, at him. the crowd, like the, the facial reactions of the guys in the front row were so hilarious because they're just like yeah. overselling it. They're just like, no. 
This is like, I would hope that we would have lived up to that level if our traveling party had been on the front row. We would have been doing the same. Right. Um, so that they, you know, advance the timeline, the storyline that's going to get Flair and Lynch and Rousey all in a triple threat at the for yeah. the main event of WrestleMania, which they had to do, but I... That was at some point they gotta know. they gotta get Becky well in storyline well enough though because this whole like knee thing is drug on so long now it's it's like I want to go into the main event WrestleMania feeling like I'm getting everybody in their physical prime here. Yeah, this is really bothering me now. I don't know whether you watched any of SmackDown tonight, but when she walked out tonight, she actually walked out with the crutch and then kind of threw it aside. Right, but she's still limping. Right, so I you know I. The injury is a bit, obviously. Yeah, because there was so. no, there was video that showed up on the internet of her wrestling Monday between Fastlane and SmackDown. You know, I'm sure for just conditioning purposes, she's totally fine. So okay, because otherwise, you, what medical condition would you have? Where I mean, the injury occurred the end of January. We are now five to six weeks later you wouldn't be limping like that unless you tore almost everything in your knee. She just kind of fell down on it. You're one to talk about this, pal. As you hey. limping over to try to embrace Cliff Kingsbury five well, or six true, weeks post-op. I had had my knee reconstructed, though. I, that's true. No, I, I'm not buying it as being real, but I'm also... Rousey's coming out with these videos you know i don't know if you've seen it on twitter just ranting yeah. about how wrestling isn't real and all that i'm like yeah no kidding like we know all this stuff just play your role or apparently don't be in it it's fine apparently it's all part of a story that this is all yeah. well orchestrated so i'm 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 interested i like the blurring of the lines here so i'm i'm good to see where it goes the only thing that i wish they would do is just Give us a a hundred percent healthy Becky Lynch going into this match, so we can actually feel like yeah. we're gonna get that, and not some you know storyline that's built around her being completely hobbled. So I think we're gonna get that, but I I don't think it's a guarantee that she wins. I think Charlotte's got a decent chance to win. Yeah, too. I think the only only probably pretty solid guarantee is they're not gonna let Ronda win because all by all accounts she's taken time off. Right. Right afterwards. So it wouldn't make sense for that. But yeah, I mean, if they can have Charlotte win here and then delay that Becky payoff, you know, another few months and sell some more tickets, why not do it? Right. Right. So, so that's fast lane. I don't think there was anything else of huge consequence. No, I mean, the shield one last time got back together, but nothing. Yeah. Nothing of big consequence. Cool. Did you watch they had cool t-shirts? They did. Did you watch WWE Raw last night? So I am going to have to lean heavily. I'm gonna. We're gonna have to have one set of footprints for this part of the segment oh, because no. the um the sandwich family, okay, was uh in attendance and did apparently. You, did you watch any of it? Uh, no. Okay. No, I, I I really don't know anything that happened Monday except for a few things I read on texts and on Twitter, but. Uh, plan is to watch that tomorrow. So you'll have to. Okay, so I'm not going to ruin it. I'm just going to say this may have been my favorite episode of Raw ever. And it was because Drew McIntyre was almost at like godlike status. 
Well, I I did I did read that because I read that they fed him the on his way out Dean Ambrose and they and they're trying to now suddenly strengthen him up for something at WrestleMania. So I I can imagine that. Uh, oh yeah, I can imagine that that probably resonated with you pretty well. So when this is over, I might go back and watch the last half hour of Raw just just again just to experience it just one to, more time, just to feel the power one more time. Because by then the refractory period will have expired and we will be. We'll be up and running again. Full speed. Oh, so did you have uh I think that was probably a good time to walk away from wrestling, so we show the audience so. our commitment to feedback. But as far as uh any of the other show activities on social media, was there anything else uh of interest that you had as far as maybe some of our audience polling or uh just Feedback wise, you know, I think the general consensus was uh, for us to just talk about random nothing um, to limit the wrestling. Uh, and if, you know, the feedback on True Detective was not completely negative, but um, oh, I think I, the, I, the work we did on True Detective was great. I just think a lot of people didn't watch the show, so they, right. didn't, they either didn't listen or they were waiting. Because I know I know someone that loves the show that just said, yeah, I was just going to wait and listen when I watched True Detective because I haven't got around to it yet. Yeah. Which is fine. Uh, but, you know, reviewing shows that no one's watching but us, that, that was probably not the greatest move. We probably won't pull that again. <laughs> it was pre-True Detective, obviously, but... Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I think we're just going to get back to just, you know, it's just dudes talking dude stuff. Yeah. Talking you know, about, just, uh, talking about Hummers, man. Just, <laughs> that's right. Like, we're going to try to make the show just, more sexual next year. <laughs> used to be very North Plano lifestyle, North Plano slash other slash Nashville area <laughs> lifestyle. You never know. Yeah. So, um, no, nothing else feedback wise. And I'll save the, any emails and tweets we've gotten so far. I'll save those for next week. Yeah. We've got an anniversary um, show coming up. I mean, provided point break Dave got, can peel himself away. So, so I've got a couple things here. Uh, one just to tease ahead. Now I'm not 100% sure this is going to happen. Cause some of it is, uh, whether we have anything that conflicts with it, or whether my son wants to go, but my biggest fear in the world with my oldest son being in Cub Scouts is uh, the first weekend in April is a, a Cub Scout camp out weekend, like tent set up and everything, which is one of my least favorite things to do, especially with Cub Scouts. <laughs> but it would be good for the show because it'll be a weekend of wheels off and probably my own personal misery to be honest with you um so that's teasing ahead to april the other thing that i was going to cover is uh you ever go through like old uh, if you save stuff from high school or middle school or elementary school whether you saved it or like your mom saved it and you just have it for some reason a little bit but but not uh, not in a real organized fashion. Actually, when we moved to Nashville, I encountered some stuff that I had saved in a shoebox of all places. Okay. Um, nothing sh- nothing too seedy in there, but uh, but yeah, probably not to not to a real high degree. So we were doing some uh, spring cleaning, if you will, this past Is that, Saturday. Is that what Just you guys clean- call it now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
out we were out in the garage we're, we're gotta mix it up man <laughs> no no one can hear you scream type of thing um but we were uh just going through like these just storage bins of stuff and it's stuff that we've kept or like a lot of my stuff from childhood and school is stuff that my mom kept and then i go to visit and then they have like this box and she's like you take this with you home well, what is it i know that move very well recently yeah. yes it's a bunch of notebooks and what I don't just whatever. Why did you save this stuff, Mom? Uh, yeah, it was some of it. Some of it's pretty cool because I had one. It was like a spiral notebook full of like assignments I had in the fourth grade and a speech that I had to give um, that was about like my heroes and stuff like that. It's just cool to go back and read it and see how good my handwriting was back then. Unbelievable. <laughs> I write like I'm borderline so disabled who's now your hero but... in fourth grade because i don't think kyle bush was he'd probably no. only won, won a couple xfinity championships at that point so it was uh, you had to talk about three people and it was my dad it was uh san francisco 49ers receiver jerry rice and texas longhorns running back eric metcalf <laughs> those were my three heroes so there you go so i found stuff like that um I found um, I found some so English class in high school. Did you have like you go into English class and then they the teacher would give you like ten or fifteen minutes and you just you just kind of journal or you just write about whatever. Yeah, and you thought you were being like real artsy and creative, but you were really just writing like just stupid stuff. Yes. Yes. So. This is the biggest waste of time. And I got burned one time my senior year because I wrote a bunch of stuff that was, it wouldn't show up in a, a tweet screenshot, you know, that would haunt me, but it, it was, it was probably borderline offensive. Okay. And you know, like these, these like uh, binders or whatever, typically it was just, Hey, you just, you're just writing out your thoughts and your feelings and all that. When this isn't an assignment, well, this teacher, like several weeks into the semester just said, Hey, everybody turn in your binders at the end of the class. And I kind of perked up. Because you had you had oh, the, no. the super bad binder? <laughs> well, there was a one-on-one teacher-student meeting after she read through my stuff. Oh, no. Yeah. No, but, no, no. But we survived that. Was it that like more like out. Dylan Klebold type stuff? You know, Dylan Klebold was actually a manic depressive who, who wrote mostly about love in his journals. If you didn't know that. I didn't know that Why because do I, do I don't that? spend a lot of time doing research on Dylan Klebold, which apparently you're doing, but why, why do I but know? No, that? Please tell me more. Well, he was, he wasn't obsessed, but he, he was infatuated with one girl in his class who didn't really pay him much attention. Um, and he really longed for his own death, but he was too much of a coward to commit suicide. So part of the shooting was kind of, uh, this is a way for him. To, he was the intention was he was going to commit suicide by cop, so he was too to do it himself. So the the 20th anniversary of Columbines in April, we can do an entire hour, man. Entire you, month your amount of research that you've done on this is now. Um, I'm going to be alerting authorities. I'm afraid. That's fine. So anyway, uh, this won't alert authorities at all. But I found a couple of these like poems or some such that I had written in these English classes that I kept for some reason. And one of them, which was a like poem, like you read it to the class. And I wish I'd have found this a year ago 
the beginning of 2018, it was about David Koresh and the compound. And I need, maybe I need to go, I wasn't comfortable enough, I have to think about it, whether I'm comfortable enough reading it on an episode. But it was a, it was a little bit, I, the, what I remember was some people laughed and I was like, I don't think this is something that should be laughed at. But yeah, so it was definitely you, Koresh theme. Were you touched by the whole episode? Like by what happened? No, it was more, I wouldn't say, it was more mocking David Koresh than anything else. But it wasn't written, it was written in, like that all went down, was it like February? I guess it was 50 something days. So yeah, it was February to April. So this was written in May of that year. So it was a little bit after it um spoiler alert the place burned down and killed almost everybody if, if you didn't only, watch the show. Yeah, if only somebody would have done a mini series on it yeah but yeah and then there was another thing that i found i think for my that would have been my sophomore year no no i guess that was junior because i think it was 95 my junior year where i wrote something else in my junior english class that made a reference to the oklahoma city bombing <laughs> And I'm reading this. All, I'm like, it's all starting to, all the dots are connecting for me. It's like a beautiful I mind just, is happening over here. I just don't see how I didn't get, how the red flags weren't just shooting up everywhere about this. But this is like, really cool. this is like the 1990s version of the Twitter timeline. We just missed it because it's not yeah. out there for the whole world to see. Well, now but it's you, on a podcast, but. Well, and, and you have say, to, like, for that the anniversary episode, you have to read the Koresh letter, like, or the Koresh speech. You have to. <laughs> or I got to dig it back out of there. Oh, like, you don't have it at it. arm's length right now. Like, it's, you could <laughs> probably have it in your hand in five seconds. Don't give me this. I got to dig it back out. It's probably being laminated. It's like being dipped in gold right now, <laughs> like those Valentine's Day ads that they were running. I just remember the line, he had long hair and thought he was God, was, was in the poem. That's the only thing I can remember off the... Uh... And he could, he could rock a fender. <laughs> yeah. See, I didn't know that. And you didn't know about Tibbs, thing. I'm sure. No, I didn't know about Tibbs. Yeah. Didn't know about the school bus. Well, maybe that would um, be the next episode, is you can write uh, an updated version of the poem with the, with the more knowledge that you've acquired. Since the original was produced. Well, think about it. Um, so anyway, so on this road down nostalgia, I have a couple more things. Um, so since I certainly claim to be a University of Texas alumni. Oh, yeah. Well, no, you were. I can, I, I can make this claim because I also kept my acceptance letter from the University of Texas. Now, I never registered for classes, but I was accepted to the university. And I found that and I kind of, I found it and I, it was in an envelope, you know, from, from UT, but you know, I don't know, you know, when you're a junior, senior in high school, you get stuff from colleges just trying to get you to go there. And I was like, well, maybe this was just something like that. And I open it up and I read it and my head just kind of drops. I just hand it to the wife. She's like, well, it's probably a good thing you didn't go there, you know? This wouldn't be, we, <laughs> this wouldn't have all happened, you know? Yeah, but I mean, it's Texas. I'm like, yeah, I guess. Texas is a very hard school to get into. I mean, I don't know if you followed the news of today about the admissions scandal. Oh, yeah. Um, but Texas is is linked in that as in being listed as an elite school. So 
my only conclusion I can draw from this is that the uh, the awesome dong has apparently paid somebody like twenty five thousand dollars to get you a false athletic scholarship, and you then you think, didn't even go. He could be doing jail that, time, and you didn't even go. Do you think someone at the the registrar's office had a had a modified with a bow around it in front of their house? Like somebody at the somebody at the registrar's office just went from being an also ran to suddenly running near the front. <laughs> so, suddenly they they just got so, a lot more horsepower. So I find this uh, acceptance letter, which is dated uh, like December something, nineteen ninety five, and I graduated high school in May of ninety six. I also had some some I know some report cards that I had saved. And the other thing that was funny was I find this letter and then I found it. I think it was the last report card that I got my senior year. And I looked at that and I handed that to the wife and said, look at the date of this letter that I was accepted to Texas and then consider the grades for post that letter and look at what a tremendous give up the last semester of my high school year was like every one of my classes dropped at least 10 percentage points grade wise. Because I was accepted and I ended up deciding, deciding that money wise, I just, I didn't have scholarships to cover everything. So I didn't want to go into the huge debt. So the plan was to go to junior college and then after two years, go to UT. And then two years later, I decided to go somewhere else. But um, it was, you know, I was accepted. Even in the letter, they basically say, hey, you're accepted. We basically just expect at this point, they didn't word it this way, that you'll, that you'll graduate. But that was basically it. They didn't say, "Hey, if your grades drop at all, we're going to change our mind." Yeah, if you, so it's like this doesn't. None of this matters. You said like put it in punt formation. As soon as you get this letter, we we reserve the right to change our mind. As soon as I was accepted, I was in. I'm trying to think if I had four, four or five classes my senior year, but I had like an advanced calculus class that I took the first semester. And once I was accepted, I just dropped it and became a student assistant. <laughs> so I basically had two real classes. I was a student assistant. I took a theater arts elective that most people take when they're a freshman. And I had some blow off computer class that all I did was just play like Minesweeper and some other game in there every single day. And I, I think that was, I eked out like an 80 I almost made, I never made a C my entire life and I barely avoided it my <laughs> senior year. There was so much, I had given up on life. I quit the basketball team. I gained like 20 pounds of long John Silvers. I didn't work out. I what was happened? Pathetic. I was pathetic. What happened? It's the, my, me, the, me age 18 is the biggest waste of human life that has ever existed. I gave up on everything. But hey, here we are now. We yeah. have a podcast. Yeah. 112 yeah. episodes. Look at us now. Yeah. So that's all I have. But to uh, tease ahead, next episode will be the three-year anniversary event. And I've got at least one bit that I want to debut. And I'm hoping this bit can carry several several weeks moving forward. Man, I'm... I'm intrigued. Okay. And I will uh I will be here to uh tell you about a significant purchase that uh, is being made. 
and uh, debate well. the merits of that with you and I, and definitely with Point Break Dave. I couldn't even bring it to the air today because okay, got to get uh got to get the uh, resident rent to own experts' opinion on it. So, so hearkening back, I think to our last episode, uh, I have not purchased a new vehicle, even though that was discussed before. Well, no, this is uh, this is breaking news. Yeah, we we went and have looked at several, but we have to keep in mind a couple things here. This is essentially the wife's new vehicle. It's not mine, so we're catering to her taste, and we're dealing with someone who go to like Chili's, and it'll take her twenty minutes to decide what she wants to eat. So imagine the thought process and the what all is involved in purchasing a new vehicle. So. That's why, like, when you were like, hey, I have information, you're going to get a vehicle this Saturday, I was like, I'm very doubtful that that's going to happen. So maybe a surprise for the next the next episode, then. Uh, we'll, we'll see. There are a few can- candidates. There was one that I was barely able to digest the sticker price to consider it. And then when I got the quote from my insurance on how much my insurance was go was going up, I was immediately just mad hearty. It is off the list. Man, if you're if you're getting uh if you're if you're getting like quotes for how much your insurance is gonna go up, then you're doing too much research. You need to live a little, man. You need to just run the risk, man. No, I th- I think we're I don't think we're gonna go that luxury with this. Did this, I, I can't, did this vehicle I have uh was electricity required to operate this vehicle? No, but there's uh, there's somebody that goes to our church that works at the in the shop oh, at this large dealership who I ran into and talked with. Really? But this guy might also like if you had like an antique <laughs> firearm from the Civil War that you needed to pawn, he might be able to help you out there. Or if you like ever wondered like, hey, what's really going on in mosques? Like he could probably tell you about that. So the the same guy we're talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's the he he doesn't know what goes on in mosques. I mean, he doesn't. <laughs> He's got a pretty good idea. He does. Well, I mean, actually, he does want to speculate. <laughs> he wants to speculate that they just draw up plans in there. There's no worshiping. They're just like drawing up logistics. I didn't think that guy worked in sales. No, 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 no. He he oh. works in like the repair, but we were. I thought like maybe if they needed some oil drained out of a car, that <laughs> might be more like the speed of what he's dealing with. So I'll I'll pull the curtain back. I mean, we're at like a Lexus dealership that I think is the largest dealership of any kind in Texas. At least that's what they told me. Yeah. Um, I don't, and I don't care if it is or not, but we had our eye on a particular model, which I don't think I'm going to move forward with because it's just too much. But, um, you know, while we're there, they tour you around and like, yeah, you just bring your car up here and you don't even have to like call ahead for an oil change or whatever. And when you drive through, there's like this recognition, they know which car drives through and who's here. And when you pull up, they're like, oh, it's, Hey, it's Glenn 311. Um, and what do you need today? And then you know, Rick, Rick Harrison from Pawn Stars will come out and change your oil. Right. So they're showing off all this and we That's were amazing, we by the way. I've at, never heard of anything like that. Like I don't I don't have I, that kind of luxury. That's amazing. I I might be exaggerating that you don't even have to call ahead of time, <laughs> but like when you get there, they know that you're there before you even pull up like to the bay or no, anything. No, I'm 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 impressed. So so we've already done looking at vehicles and dealing with the sales guy who was you know, who's awesome. He wasn't like, you know, a real 
putting pressure on yeah, us or anything knew, like that. You knew you didn't have the money. Yeah, probably. So I probably shouldn't have been. <laughs> probably shouldn't have been wearing my Drew McIntyre shirt. <laughs> but uh, no, and so we were done with that. And actually, he was showing us all this stuff. And you know, there's this huge lounge with like there's twelve TVs. You just come and hang out while they work on your car and stuff. Like, yeah, we have snacks and stuff. And of course, we're like, well, we're done, but. Let's go ahead and hit this snack bar for about 20 minutes. See how many M&Ms I can eat. And while we're standing there just kind of talking and stuff, a guy we know who knows everything about Islam and (laughs) oil filters, he spots us and we talked to him for about five or 10 minutes, which was, you know, which was fine. He, he tried to sell us on the vehicle. He's like, Oh yeah, it's great. You know, you never have problems with them and all that. And then then he's like, wait a minute, how do I have a job if they don't have problems? Good point. But then everything that I hear about those is, yeah, they're fine until something goes wrong. And then uh, something goes wrong and it costs about five times of what you would normally expect. And I'm like, yeah, I probably don't want that in my life. So so we'll see. I, my, the goal actually is today is we're recording on March the 12th. The goal is that we have something in our possession or imminently in our possession by the end of this month, new car wise. So we'll see. Well, hey, you could always, uh, they're, they're harder to find now, but maybe you could go get you a nice Hummer. <laughs> I got a regret right now.